always a pleasure to be with everybody. Thank you for joining us. I'm Howard, golf spiritual leader. Hello. Uh, with us is the, uh, well, he's everything is what he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're everything. You're the golf spiritual leader. I am. You're I am. Everywhere. I'm you're, all. You're, you're auditioned. <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, Tim's the uh, mental performance coach, Tim O'Connor, uh, Glen Abbey Academy, as well the recipient of the 2020 Lauren Rubenstein Award for just being a great guy. Aw, thanks. You know what? All I see of you is your nose and your mouth. Can you, like, yeah. I'd like to see your whole face. Can Hang you, on. like, change your, your laptop thingy so I can yeah. see you? All right, man. There we go. There, hang on. I feel there you as go. golf spiritual leader. If I want to see you, can you see me now? All, all yeah, just where. Because oh, here's the thing, and and welcome everyone. Uh, the reason is is I my computer in my studio uh, pushes up against some other wires, so this is kind of. Anyway, I'm trying. Well, thanks for accommodating I'm my trying, request. I'm trying to accommodate you. Uh, this program brought to you by TaylorMade and Adidas. Uh, that's right. Uh, swing thoughts. You know, we uh, we like to associate with uh, fine brands. Tim and I were just National talking about. Brands. Now was just you know it's funny. I I had, I guess I had my first uh, sim session uh, a couple days ago. Tim and I ran into each other in Milton. Uh, I was on my way to uh, work with Nick Trakilla, my my coach, and um, and uh, I saw those sim. They only had didn't have drivers. They had like a they had their hybrid and a three wood. They look. They look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. This is the time of year when all this new stuff gets. Yes. You know, just after the the PGA show and all that good stuff. So, it's really fun to see it. That that sim driver looks pretty interesting. And and there's somebody like a tour player who's playing it, and it's interesting because it's the sim driver. It's kind of this anti slice driver, and it's pretty interesting that a tour player would be playing that. You know, you're right. I, I'm trying to remember they they referenced him. On uh, the broadcast a couple of weeks ago, you're right because they they mentioned just what you said, and I can't remember who it was because they were surprised that a tour player would would have the anti anti uh, cut bias in it. Um, but this will be watch this segue happen. I was talking to Mike Marshall, uh, the uh, one of the professionals. I think he's the head professional at Glencairn. And I was talking about these Sims, and he said he he had seen or heard that some people were getting 4 and 5 miles an hour in clubhead speed on their drivers now cool. driving distance is in the news and that's what we're here to talk about today <laughs> oh what a masterful segue Yay. wow golf spiritual leader and a veteran broadcaster yes. you're like you're so old it's crazy let me ask you a question if you're a uh, your handicap is uh, between uh, you're a six, my index right now I think is five point six. Okay, let's round you up for uh, a yeah. six handicap. Uh, yeah. The average distance, and, and we'll get to the report just in a second. But just to give everyone something to think about, if you're a six to twelve handicap, your average distance plus or minus a couple yards is two hundred and twenty yards off the tee. Hmm. If you're a uh, six handicap or less, your average distance, plus or minus 3.5 yards, is 239 yards. So that's kind of where, you know, the average golfers are. Uh, this study, this uh, RNA and USGA report came out 
quite an extensive report on golf distance. And I just want to start with you, Timmy. Do you feel, before we dive into the report, are you of the mind that golf distance at the professional level has has or is taking the game in a, a direction that maybe isn't great for the game? Yeah, I've been uh, riding this horse for years that uh, the USGA and the RNA uh, dropped the ball, as it were, like 10, 15 years ago. And that we've seen all these amazing golf courses, uh, in essence, become obsolete. You know, courses like uh, Marion comes to mind, I think, that um, I may even have that confused. But you have all these amazing, great golf courses built by incredible architects like Colt and Tillinghast, et cetera, that are obsolete because mm-hmm. of how far they hit the ball. And um, so it's no surprise to me that finally, finally, the ruling bodies have come to the conclusion, okay, enough's enough, fini. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, that, that's, not what they're, that's not what they've concluded in this report. I thought they did. Did you? I did. I thought, I thought Davis said davis who's uh i think the executive director with usga and this yeah. was saying that's it man we can't otherwise the game is going <clears> to <throat> go um in a direction where ball striking and um just the parts of the game where there's a bit more artistry and skill involved we're going to lose those okay that was my reading no let me let me let me you know i you know here's what i you're, you're actually right because what i what i didn't what I, I was mistaken what they didn't do is come to any conclusions as to what they're going to do but what they Agreed. did conclude yes. here's here's the way davis said and i and this is why i was a little bit confused he said this is not an emergency we don't have a crisis this didn't happen overnight but we are looking to solve a problem that we believe is in the best interest of all golfers. Okay, so I guess in in a way they've they've concluded at this juncture that we need to do something, and we don't know what that is yet. They keep right. throwing around this term bifurcation, bifurcation, bifurc. I can never pronounce it correctly, but I, know, I who can. but I because hear people, I don't, but I know what you mean. So tell us what you mean. No, but I, I hear people talk about it, and it, it means something fancy in the real world. But in golf world, what they mean is maybe a golf ball for us and a golf ball for professionals. Mm-hmm. But some my, my thoughts are on distance. Like, let, let's just start with what's going on this weekend. <clears throat> They're playing at Pebble Beach. Excuse me. They're playing Pebble Beach, all that, all spyglass and stuff. And all three of those courses, the longest one, I think, is 7,100 yards. But Pebble Beach is 6,900 yards. They're tiny greens. Uh, the fairways are, you know, pretty wide for the the tournament. But they make them narrow for the uh, U.S. Open. I, I think that if you make it all about how far, then it eliminates how accurate and that takes away some of the spirit of the game. But also, what other sport, you know, just lets the manufacturers kind of dictate the optimum of that equipment? And I was thinking about, like, I don't know much about tennis, but I would assume that manufacturers have to adhere to a certain, and I know they do in golf, but in golf it's almost like whoever can come up with the, 
the the next way to increase clubhead speed, that's okay. It just seems like it wouldn't be the worst idea if we capped it at a certain speed. Like, I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't innovate, because I know a lot of um, manufacturers would say that, well, that's what we're doing. We're here to make the game better. But at a certain point, at least a professional level, and I'm not saying we should have two balls, but maybe there's a professional standard that they would all adhere to. What do you think? That whole bifurcation thing has never really made much of an impression on me. I, I see no problem with the pros having one ball and us having another. They play a different game anyways. Yeah, they, It's completely different and how how they play the game and we play the game. So, in essence, bifurcation or the argument against it is, in essence, a concept. So, But here's the thing where I go with that is, okay, uh, in baseball, in college, you can use an aluminum bat. Yeah. Because they go forever. Big leagues, nope. You, get, you have to use the, the old wooden bat, the Louisville slugger or whatever it is. Seems to work in that in that sport, but the, the, go ahead. Well, the only, and, and I've heard that argument too, and, it, and I think it's a valid one, with the exception of, you know, baseball amateur baseball players. They don't mix with professional baseball players, whereas our sport, because at the at the excuse me at the amateur level, they they can cross over and. And, and play with professionals. It's it's too incestuous. Our game crosses over. You know what, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I know I know. Amateurs can play. Amateurs can play in the British Open or the U.S. Open. Is yeah, they can. Saying? Well, and they do. But those are, but those are rare, rare circumstances. I, I know. But you're right. So, yeah. So I don't know. The other thing that oh, what is it? Oh, I hate being 62 years old and losing track of what the hell I'm going to talk about. But uh, anyways, uh, you talk. Do you want to do you want to sing a little? <laughs> do you want to do you want to have a little sing song while we wait? I don't know. Is there any kind of like a little shot of adrenaline I Dude. can take or something? Well, that, okay. That, while you pause for a second, um, <laughs> I, I I think that the problem with the game is that in order to attract a younger uh, demo slash Psychographic. Um, oh, I love it when you use big words like but that. But you know, because golfers aren't don't all fall into a demo. But the problem with the game is to try and attract younger human beings, right? And younger human beings get excited by the the big ball. It's like you oh, know they love it. They love oh, it. And and, and uh, you know, for I'm of two minds. I like it when the winning score in a tournament is nine, ten, twelve under. That's kind of cool. I also mm-hmm. like seeing professionals have to hit longer irons into holes but the problem is if you want to see them have to hit five iron or four iron into a par four the par four now has to be 520 that's so, the problem but at the same time you know i also like a lot of uh, younger psychographic golfers i like to see tournaments where you're you're watching lots of birdies being made and it's cool to see guys hit par fives and two it just is yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love words like psychographic. It makes me think of like mushrooms and stuff. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, but here's 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 what I was thinking about. So, great point. The and this is where I was referencing early about kind of the horse. The stallion has left the barn yes. decades ago. Yep. Do you remember when Ping brought out the square grooves and Calcavecchia? And those guys were like spinning the ball like crazy, like out of like ankle deep rough. And the USGA said, uh, threatened them, 
uh, Ping with um, they were going to make ban them. Oh, they're well, staying. Uh, Ping went apeshit and threatened lawsuits and everything. So the USGA, I forget exactly how they did it, but they backed off or they made some kind of grandfathering type clause. Yep. And fortunately, that has been the state of affairs between the manufacturers and the governing bodies. Every time the, the, the governing bodies have gone, whoa, let's put the reins on this or something, they've been threatened with lawsuits and the governing bodies have backed off. So that's the interesting thing. What's going to happen after this? I haven't seen the, uh, you know, uh, the Wally U lines of the world. Well, no, uh, but and, and it's funny you say that because I, I, I was I was trying to get to that point when I introduced the topic that the manufacturers are in the business of making better equipment to try and sell more equipment to the average player. And they mm-hmm. they they would make a stink, I would think. Just for what you said, but remember, it's the the governing body of this sport is going to have to at some point say, okay, enough's enough, because at some point, you know, yeah, none none of us can can throw a three pointer, and none of us can hit a, a home run in, a, in in real baseball, but because of the nature of our sport, there's a relatability to the professionals that is unlike any other sport. And if we can't relate anymore, I think there's something lost in there. But also, just for the 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 the, the amount of what are they, you know, the the properties and the old clubs, as you mentioned, that it would just be such a shame. You know, it's like um, somebody was using the uh, analogy of there's certain ballparks now that are just too small. Yeah, uh, they, they're they're antiquated. But the, 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 the tradition of our game is different in that you're still playing professional tournaments on St. Andrews uh, as they have for hundreds of years. So, right. and, and, you know, what's the future, the future of the game? If you have this equipment that launches the ball, you know, in outer space, there's only so much real estate. It's not even responsible. I mean, you yeah. know, we you know, have to be aware of, uh, of our impact, our game's impacts in terms of, how much water you're going to take? Yep. That water doesn't come. That that water comes from somewhere. It comes from you know ponds and creeks from the sky. Tim, tell me uh, where water does it come from? The sky. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think so. Today on the show, Tim will tell us where water comes from. I should write a poem. Hey, listen. You know what else I want to say too is I I think they need to cap it at the professional level, but let it go crazy. At the amateur level, what do you think? Yeah, about? I'm all for that. No, seriously, that. like, but, but, yeah, I'm let agreeing. it go. I'm let them innovate so that the average six handicap goes from 220 to 250. Why not? Because that's great. You know well, it won't make any big difference. I mean, the game is so different. Pros and us, like you know, I love it when you see sort of Jason Day, you know, settle over an iron in the fairway, and and John and Mary used to say, "Hey, Raj, what's he got?" Uh, he's 220 out. I think he's got a 7 iron. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> no, I know. <clears throat> no, I know. That's just insane. Um, yeah, it's a little bit deceiving sometimes. Uh, because you'll, like, I'll I take an 8 iron. Like, sometimes you'll hear them say it's a, it's 183, slightly downhill, wind behind, and he's hitting an 8 iron. But they'll also say it's 158, uh, slightly into the wind, and they're hitting an eight iron because they'll yep. hit they'll hit an eight iron as long or as short as they need to. 
Now, our show is called Swing Thoughts. I'm not sure if I mentioned that to anybody. And so what does this all have to do with playing the game better at the amateur level? Um, because distance gained doesn't equate to handicaps lowered. And so this conversation about let the ball go as far as it can, I don't care. That's great because it's fun to hit it far. But in actual fact, I'll say it again, distance gained does not dis, distance gained overall can definitely. Sure. Hitting at 230 is better than hitting at 190. But 230 to 240 doesn't lower your handicap this summer. It just doesn't. No, you got to find the ball. You got to you know, one of my favorite phrases I can't remember where I stole this from, but the phrase is keep the golf course in front of you yeah, and, well and not not to the sides. Because <laughs> the, the, the sides are where the chaos is. And as long as even if you hit it off line slightly, as long as you still have the hole in front of you, you have a chance. Now, the professional game, the, what do they call it, the bomb and gouge or whatever, when you hit it 330, and you're in the rough, and you've got lob wedge, and I hit it 290, and I've got a whatever iron. Yeah, you've got an advantage over me. Absolutely. But at our level, the the biggest advantage I see, and I was talking about this with my coach Nick the other day. I said I'm really only interested in learning how to hit it straighter because the guys that I look up to at the senior level, guys like Lars Melander, who I think is older than both of us. He's probably 64, but you know he shoots even par a lot or better in tournament golf because he just hits it straight. Doesn't well, hit it long. I'm going to put a little bit of variance on that. Maybe he doesn't hit it so straight, but he always hits it in a way he can always find it. And, you know, that's what I'm yeah. working with with my coach, Mike Martz, is we've been working on hit. You know, me hitting a cut. So I'm going to generally find the fairway, which is the point. So when I hit a cut, I'm going to give up a little distance over that, you know, little draw that I've been trying to play. Yes, right. So, so finding it is is the thing. And it was like from my experience um, as a coach of, of uh, you know, the University of Guelph golf team, these players, I, I've worked with some, like, plus handicappers, plus handicap players for a while. And so when they first thing, first year and second year, man, they're in love with distance. Crush it, crush it. And then just that visceral thrill you get from just hammering it. But as they get kind of just start to drill down on their skill around scoring, yeah, it's all about finding it. And it, uh, there's some of the players on our team, they might hit driver once in a round. Two um, irons. If I may, you know, kind of uh, yeah, um, the, I, 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 was, I, can't, I don't have it in front of me. But just what you said, that the, high, the lower the handicap, I read this this week, the lower the handicap, the less drivers in a round they'll hit. Absolutely. Just, just by a little bit. But, but what you said, back to Lars, um, we're both saying the same thing. Cuts just don't go as far as skew as pull-hooked drivers do. I'm just saying <laughs> Lars, Lars is one of the top, top, top players in this country. He used to be a pro and and he's the guy. Whenever I'm at a tournament, whenever I see him, I always laugh. I'm like, "Oh, great, Lars! How many fairies will you hit today?" But he's just so he's just so accurate and yep. decent long. Like you know, he's a plus one or a zero, and at his age, he's hitting at two forty, two fifty. It's just always findable. And and I would say that as much as distance is awesome, and and the the example I always use if I'm playing with somebody who's got a maybe a higher handicap than me, and they'll make a crack about, oh, we're both hitting seven irons. 
and I sort of kind of giggle. I'm like, if you want to see how far I can hit a seven iron, let's go to the range because then I'll show you my range swing. But I'm I'm not trying to hit this seven iron any further than it needs to go. And one thing I'll say quickly, you know, and another thing somebody said and I've stolen as my own is, you know, people always talk about, you know, your seven iron goes 160, let's say, or your five irons, your 180 club. But for some reason, we all have that number in our head. We don't have that number when it comes to drivers. Because when we hit driver, we're like, I'll hit it unlimited. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like we because we try and swing a driver like that might be the time we fly it 290. It's not going to be. And I would say uh, if, if you could take away that this summer that you know, have an idea, my driver is my 245 club or my like I know my driver because uh, I'm a nerd. You know, I know my driver carry distance and I know what my. My full, if I could really rip one, I might get another five or eight yards. But I know on average I carry it 245, and on a hard fairway I'm going to roll it out to 260 maybe. But it's, so if I, have a, if I have a bunker that's 252 into the wind, I'm not trying to fly it that one time. You know what I mean? Whereas, oh, mo- yeah, whereas a lot of us, but, but I would never try that with my 7-iron. But once in a while, I'd be like, okay, if I really just rock back here and rip one. But but we have this fantasy that this might be the time <laughs> that our yeah, driver, yeah, exactly. that our driver goes forever. I did it once. I did it now once. I could do it. Now, I, now I can do it now that I'm uh, in my club C. And, yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know what? I, it, you made me think there for a second. You remember Fred Funk? Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, Fred Funk was, he was in contention like always. All the, time. all the time. You see him in his all blue little outfit there. And he got a ton of TV time because he was always in contention. He was Mr. Accurate. He... Yeah, and so he never was that long. It wasn't nope. that thrilling a person, guy to watch, but man, the guy made a shit ton of money. Hey, here's another and fun, another fun guy. Tournaments. Yeah, another fun guy from the seventies uh, who always hit it straight, Calvin Pete. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was that nice little bent elbow thing? Number one in driving for yeah. like a decade. Same as Fred Funk. Yeah. Number one so, in terms of accuracy, fairways hit accuracy. Yeah, you can. So you can make some. Are, you know, actually, it used to be that people say drive for show, putt for dough kind of thing, meaning that hitting the, the ball so straight wasn't as important. Well, the, the strokes gain thing has proven that that's a fallacy. Exactly. That if you do not get your ball in play, a.k.a. you don't find it, you don't score. Well, I can tell you from, uh, you know, anecdotal is any, no, not from it. I can just tell you from last summer's experience, the, the four or five holes over the course of the entire summer of tournament golf that, you know, jacked my scorer on that hole high, sky high, excuse me, didn't come from three putting or, or miss hitting my chip shot. They all came from my driver being out of play. Sometimes more than once, on yeah, the, yeah, exactly. sometimes more than once on the same hole. But it all came from that, and that's why in the fall when I started working on my swing again, I said, okay, what do I have to do to do two things? I want to hit the face of the club more reliably, not consistently, and I want to see what life is like from the fairway consistently. (laughs) You know, because I do do hit a lot of... Life is like... Yeah, because I hit a lot of... I hit a lot of greens in regulation, but it's the... It's I want to learn to make a better mistake, and that's kind of what you and Mike are working on. 
Exactly. And I'm not necessarily working on it being a cut or a draw, although I I tend to just hit a, a fairly straight ball right now. But it's it's the idea that it's not it's not and, and we, we know this from taking the uh, decade uh, golf seminar together that yeah. it's not that in the end for handicapped players that it's not the birdies you make it's the doubles and triples you don't make it's 100%. not the birdies it's not the birdies you make it's the three putts you don't make right and so getting it longer for most handicapped players isn't interestingly starting about the distance being the topic but it's the distance I think our theme is it's not as important to the amateur player as the amateur player would have you think. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely fun to absolutely nail one. Yeah. I mean, we put it on that sweet spot and rocket it. You know, as I say, some guys say, how was that? Oh, better in sex. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, some guys, it lasted longer, too. <laughs> I was only in the air for four seconds. I mean, I know, I know. That's like Superman. Saturday Night Live skit. Wow, faster than a speeding bullet. Oh, my God. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> no one's arguing that we don't like to hit the golf ball a long distance. No. I mean, it feels so good. It's fun. It's just the, that feeling you get. But overall, the satisfaction we get in this game is this balance of kind of the visceral thrill, if you will, of contact and navigating our way around the golf course and you know, making a score. I mean, that's the, there's a competitive aspect. We've talked on this show ad infinitum about having fun and not being caught in the result and all that. And, and there, that is a key thing, but it's a balance, man. I'd much rather make pars than bogeys for sure. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I was, I was going to quote a couple things here. You know, when, when you and I were younger and, you know, the big long drivers, Jack Nicholas was a long driver, Weisskopf was, Greg Norman was long, Freddie Couples. Is that yeah, long? Well, yeah, those were long, those were long distances. You know, Freddie Couples was a bomber and then yeah. Daly came along. When Daly came along, he was the first uh, PGA professional, I believe, and he was number one in driving distance forever. But he was the first one, I think, that was averaging over 300 yards. And now, let me just uh, quote you from this uh, report from the USGA and the RNA. It says, from 2003 to 2019, the governing bodies noted that the average drive of the 20 longest hitters on the PGA and European tours had increased. This is the longest hitters. The average increased to 310, with the average driving distance overall of all players on those tours, the overall distance, 294. And the reason I mention those two numbers is because, you know, when they talk about, oh, Webb Simpson, who just won last week, he's not one, you know, he's sort of decent length. Well, he averages 295. That, yeah. That's a long, so, to, and again, I, I know we've said, you know, it's a, they play a game we can't relate, but we can't. The same, but, but I don't, you know, in a way I don't care because when I, guys that play pickup hockey, they can't relate to Austin Matthews. So, so what? But you still enjoy yeah. his skill level. But it just shows you that the game is in there. If it goes another 20 years, so what is the average drive going to be then? Because uh, last weekend, you know, that's the other thing. I just quickly mentioned, if, we, if you and I went out right now and played the tournament, uh, I guess they played in Phoenix last week, and played it in the same conditions, they were getting 50 yards. Oh, they were, God. On, they were getting 50-yard rollouts on those drives. 
So what I like to pay attention to for me as a player is I like when they do the little numbers on the screen as to how far they're carrying it. Because I noticed a few guys were carrying it not much farther than me. You know, 20 yards, but not 50 yards. And they would carry it like 260 or 270, and they would, and they would roll out to 310. Well, I can tell you, I don't know what Blue Springs is, right, is like, but they, we ain't getting 50 yards a roll at Glen Karen. Because, mod, because for, the, for, you know, tur, for tournaments, they speed the golf course up. If they played Glen Karen or Blue Springs, their, their average drives would not be 310. So that's another sort of false positive that the the speed of the golf courses are different for tournament weeks. Yeah, and you have to do stupid things sometimes to fight against it. So at Augusta National, that was a key example. You would see those balls, like say on fifteen, you see bounding forever. Yeah, you know, and think, oh, good, he's he's hitting it down into uh, birdie distance. Well, everybody now hits it the shortest driver hits it birdie distance yeah. you know on 15 at augusta so now they have to do stupid things like now they they have the mowers go towards the tee so the grass is so they're hitting into the grass i mean well they all, listen they put those trees there on 15 because of tiger tiger in 97 if you go back and <clears throat> look at the the broadcast it's fascinating because on on pretty much all the par fives i think with the exception of number two he was hitting wedge. He hit wedge into 15. He hit yeah. like a, an, a, a, some kind of iron into 13. Um, uh, eight, he was hitting an iron. It, it was unheard of. But the, the, the point I was trying to make about the rollout is it, it would be, I think, more uh, informative to the average player to see what these pros are carrying it. Because, yeah, exactly. you know, when you, when you average 295 in, on the PGA Tour, you're carrying it. You know, 260, 265, 270. Mm-hmm. What I think is freaky is how far they hit their three woods. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I I love it. I mean, in a way, as a fan of the game, when you're watching it on TV, it's cool. It's like that guy just hit a three wood, you know, 305. Yeah. Well, that's well. would you say that's because it's easier to turn it over? Yeah, I guess. When most of them want to hit a draw, yeah, they, they pull wood. up the three wood and they can smack that forever. But that is so amazing to watch at a PGA Tour event, Canadian Open or whatever. You watch a guy hit a three wood and it goes about 15 feet high. <laughs> no, I know. I want to learn how to hit. I want to learn to hit. Uh, I want to learn to hit a stinger. I would like to learn to hit a stinger. I have a kind better of a better watch that at our age. Better watch that 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 lead left wrist. There yeah. be some pain there. Well, I I know where pain comes from, Tim. It comes from within. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we've talked about the sex thing and now pain, so pain, are, emotional so pain, those, repressed we'll, anger. We'll, we'll put a pin in it, as they say, yeah, yeah, for future yeah. shows. Golf um, better than sex, and where does pain come I'll from? I'll tell you, I yesterday, we're recording this on Friday, February 7th. I'm about to leave for two weeks. Uh, my lady and I are going to uh, spend a week in Phoenix, and uh, we're going to the Tour Striker Golf School, Golf Academy, with uh, Martin Chuck, who has not only been on our show, but he's been a buddy of mine for a long time. We're staying at the Chuck's house, and we're going to, oh, nice. <laughs> we're going to golf school. Uh, Rachel's first uh, golf school, and uh, Martin just got named uh, number 35 on golf's uh, top 100 teachers. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what I'm going there to work on is I, I'm going there to work on, because he's a really fine teacher, a great guy, but I, I, I want to get, uh, 
I want to work on my short game with him a little bit with there because Rachel's she's sort of new to golf, but she's had a couple years of hitting balls. We played a few uh, times, but uh, she's going to get immersed in some of the. You know, just some of the how to play a little bit, and some of the short game stuff we've never talked about. But I, I just want to, I just want to hang out for a few days and hit some balls and just get kind of back into golf. You know, did you were you sore the other day after you hit balls? Because I was, I was like, I, my golf muscles I, were screaming. I have a sore left shoulder. There you go. Because yesterday I spent an hour on the simulator at Glen Karen. Yeah, I know. I'm and, telling you. Uh, so I got a sore left shoulder. Yeah. And it it was it was fun. But I got to note that uh, as a Roman Catholic, uh, this is a sin. But I'm jealous. <laughs> oh, is is jealousy a sin? Yeah. Well, most things are sin. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, no, it's gonna. I, I tell you, it's gonna be fun. Then we're going to Palm Springs and uh, just uh, hang out for a few Palm days. Uh, then we're gonna play like we're gonna play a few nine holes together. I'm gonna play. Uh, I told her last night. I said, I don't, that day you're gonna go to that museum. Uh, would it be uh, okay <laughs> if <laughs> I went to if I went to Laquita? So I'm gonna play a one round at a, like a grown up golf course. I uh, uh, that was oh. funny. I love that. It was like Sandy and I went to La Costa many many years ago, and it was like the perfect golf vacation because. You know, I would give her a kiss and morning, see ya, and yeah. she would go off to get manicured and Scrubbed. massaged and all that stuff, and and that. And so, I would go play golf, and and she would float back to the room after, and I'd come back, and it would be like, okay, guilt free golf. No, I, I know just, it's you know, great. Perfect. Um, but so I, I was going to say, Netflix have this thing with guilt and jealousy. no, I'm saying, another guilt, another sin. It's uh, another show. That's again another show. So. Uh, Anyway, so the reason I mentioned it was Friday, February 7th today while we're recording this, uh, because yesterday the GAO opened up registration for the 2020, oh, yeah. 2020 golf season. And I'll just uh, see this piece of paper with all these dates on it. You can mm-hmm. see that. So I, uh, as soon as uh, the Humble and Fred show was over yesterday, my, uh, my, my sort of side gig, uh, I, I signed up, and, and as I said to Rachel last night, I said, well, I, I have tournaments starting on the, I think the first qualifier is May 4th, and my last tournament is September 17th, I said. So there, I'm all so I'm all hooked up, and she seemed less excited about that than I'd hoped. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I was all excited. Well, those, are, those are fewer days than she'll be able to spend time with no, you. No, I know. Noogling, snuggling. So I, uh, I, so I sent to me and Charles uh, Fitzsimmons, soon to be Doctor Charles, or uh, our qualifier is May fourth for the Ontario Better Ball. Uh, we're going to be qualifying at Rosedale this year, and then Tim Southcott, my other, my senior Better Ball partner. Uh, we're all set for the uh, Senior Better Ball, the annually at Brampton Golf Club in September, and and it, and it gave me kind of a. I really haven't been thinking much about golf except when you and I talk. So it kind of gave me like, oh, yeah, soon the stand-up season will be over and golf season will be here. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I was noting last night, we were, I was thinking about the stuff we were going to talk about on today's podcast. And what I realized is that here we are, February. I have not I, – I have a, a putter and a couple of wedges and some balls in my hallway. I haven't hit one this year. Yeah. And, like, years past – I've been chipping and putting, and I've been doing none of that. And you I'm know, okay I, I'm the same with that too. You know, like I, I, uh, I have golf lab. We've talked about it on the podcast before. But what I did specifically is for the last, I got back from Florida the first week of December, and I made a conscious uh, 
effort or note to myself that I wasn't going to bring a golf club into the house. Now, I've got a putter up there. But even that, Timmy, I haven't... Uh, yeah, same with me. I haven't been sort of all over my golf game for the last couple of months. I just thought I'd give it a bit of a rest. I mean, I watch it yeah, and I, I... You know, it's funny. I don't even... I didn't even make a decision. I just kind of like kind of seeing it. And, and that I just don't seem to have this attachment to, oh my God, this is the year I've got to turn the corner. <laughs> I've got to This is the year I'm going to make it. Yeah, exactly. I just let go of that stuff. I think part of that was a result of the intervention that you and George McNamara did with me after I had my, uh, Wait, my meltdown? meltdown. Yeah, meltdown. In August. Let's just yeah, call it what it was. That was great. I just thank you. I have, I'm still getting the blessings from yeah. that. Uh, you melted down. Sorry. But, you know, it was kind of like interesting. It was about four or five weeks ago that we talked about me starting to work with Mike Martz. Yes. And he, we get there and get in the simulator at Whistle Bear and. So let's hit a few. And, oh, okay. So I loose up a bit and and make some swings and actually, whoa, hit them pretty darn good. And I had not swung a golf club in two months or yeah. so, and <laughs> I was hitting it pretty sweet. And and Mike, it was very interesting. Like Mike said, he said that that was really kind of almost like golf in the kingdom. My authentic swing because I wasn't trying to work from okay what worked last week oh yeah when i did the thing with the knee or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah that's right a swing and so i think that <laughs> the thing with the knee that makes me laugh because yeah. everyone done what was that thing i was doing because i was even trying to think about what was the thing last december that i was doing that was so good oh, i remember you i remember a couple of years ago you said a couple of times I, I thought that was hilarious because it was just like captures the experience of golf you're standing there in the fairway going now what was it? I was. <laughs> right. I can't. Oh, I can't I hit it. It's like, it's I like, forgot it's, my swing thought. Yeah, it's like it's like the mantra. Jeff, what's his name in uh, Woody Allen? Annie Hall. He's on the phone, going, "Oh, I forgot my mantra." <laughs> it's the same thing. By the way, but, just it's not. I hope it's not lost on everyone that we're like, yeah, we really aren't. You know, we really took a lot of time away from golf this winter. Meanwhile, it's just February. We've both been in a simulator this week. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, but yesterday, I oh yeah, we. My <laughs> Yeah, I've painted my shoulder no, today, I know, but I just think it's funny. I'm not attached. <laughs> you know, you know, we're you, you know, you're talking to two golf nerds who are like, yeah, I really just kind of left the game behind this winter. It's not. It's just February. <laughs> I went. I took a golf. We just talked about. I took a golf lesson on Wednesday when I saw you in golf. I'm going to golf school next week. Yeah, but I'm really just not attached yeah. to the game this week. I'm just leaving it all behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the reason. And the reason we had to do our podcast earlier today is because I got to get on the road to go to my golf lesson with Mike Martz. There you, there you go. So yeah, all right. So we're still yeah, nerds. So I'm not attached, right? Yeah. Um, I, I I always <laughs> like uh, when when the GAO opens up registration. I just it's sort of the in a weird way the beginning of it for me because you know and then I start to look at my schedule of when I'm gonna play some invitationals. There's three or four of those, and, and I and I kind of look at it like okay, so now not that I know those tournaments are on my that I'm in, but. You know, you sort of get like, okay, I'm I'm going to do that again because at, at I just turned sixty, and I don't know how many more years. Well, having said that, I just noticed that there's an actual for the Ontario Senior Am. There's now just one day for seventy and over, and I was thinking, well, I guess I'll be playing in that in ten years. 
but I, I don't know. Master, I don't, are we at the master level? I don't know, man. I don't know what level we're at. Again, but you know what? We're just What old. you're talking about is interesting. Is like these little things, these little milestones, these dates that mm-hmm. get us over the dark days of winter. Yes. It's like one of the things that I like is when the Super Bowl is over, okay, we're moving into golf. Then you got, That's you know, right. you got Pebble Beach, and we get to watch Bill Murray on Saturday and um, – Actually, I don't watch it on Saturday. I find it the celebrity worship is annoying on Saturdays at Pebble. But uh, I love Bill Murray. Uh, I just love. Then you kind of get the you get the 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 West Coast swing is over. Then it moves to Florida, and then they're starting to talk about Augusta. Oh, so yeah. it just gives golfers hope that hey, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> just be patient. Just be patient. You know, I'm with uh, a lovely woman, and I, I'm trying to think. This is her. So I met her in 17, so 18, 19. This will be her third year. Uh, she and I were talking about some dates in the spring, and I said, well, of course, you know, uh, we can't do that. It's the second week of, of April. She goes, well, what's that weekend? I go, I said, I'll let that go for now. You're new. I said, but just yeah, put yeah. this. I said, just so you know, what you should do, if you're if we're going to be together, you should just put that that weekend in April on your calendar forever. And, yeah, and I said, put a red circle a around circle. It. And I said, and by the way, that weekend starts on Monday with live from the Masters. So, exactly. uh, but you know, in, in the evolution of a golfer's you know year cycle, I, I mean, I think we bid. You know, I took a few months away from you know hammering golf balls into a mattress in my my room, and and I you know I took some full swings with Nick the other day for the first time, and I'm a little sore. My back is you know been up and down, and and mostly fine. But you know, it's like. You know, part of it is also, you know, we, we know, even though it's been pretty wintry here this week, last couple of days, I should say, we're on the other side of that, too. Yeah, we're going to have some cold days, but as you sort of bleed into February and March, you know, it's sort of like, oh, spring, hope, spring's eternal, because at some point, it is going to be warmer here uh, than it is now. <laughs> so, <laughs> So let's review. We explained where water comes from. We explained weather. What do yeah. people want from us? We're we're giving it, folks. We're doing our best. We're just trying to be the the show that just that hits never ends. All the key things that uh, on a golfer's life. Speaking of shows, uh, the last weekend of February. Go check your Yuck Yucks uh, calendar. I'm uh, at Yuck Yucks Oshawa. The last week of February, then in March, I'm going to be at Yuck Yucks Niagara Falls for the entire weekend. I'll tell you which is, I can't remember when it is. And then cool. the uh, first two days, uh, weekend in, uh, first weekend in April, the Friday 3rd and 4th, I'll be at the London, Ontario Yuck Yucks for all you. Really? Oh, oh I should probably, my, my dear sweet mother lives Mama. in London. I should, Mama. I should, um, arrange to go visit my mom Mama. and then, uh, go, s- See you. That would be amazing. Yeah, you and Chucky. You, you and Chucky can come watch the magic. Yeah, I want. Oh, by the way, um, is his thesis like? Is that done? Has he defended it? Over no, it's coming now? up. He's defending it soon. I think he'll be. By the time okay. we see each other, by the time we qualify at Rosedale, I think he'll be Doctor Chuck. But I, I, I yeah, I'm going to call. I him would Doctor. love to read that. I, I think yeah, yeah. That it was like humor in sports and how how it affects sports. Well, we should do a, sh- a whole show with him. Just oh, that. 100%. That'd be uh, really cool. Okay, well, I know you got to go soon. You got to get to your golf lesson. Jesus. <laughs> just, okay, I want you to go just, back and listen to us both saying, oh, no, we really just didn't do much golfing this winter. Yeah. One of the things I love doing, it's just, I, maybe it's a uniquely Canadian thing. 
I love walking outside with my winter coat and my galoshes and my toque carrying a golf bag. Yeah. I love carrying a golf bag when there's snow and ice around. <sighs> well, I'll tell you, sir, you're a good fella. Uh, and uh, Tim dot, uh, what are you, Tim? I was going to say Tim on Tim Niblet, but it's uh, O'ConnorGolf.ca. Still don't have this down. No, we it's do. Okay. I, I, I have it down. I have it down. Oh, what's my email? <laughs> HumblinFredRadio.com. No, that's not my email. No. What's my email? Oh, your email. I wasn't listening. I went to uh, URL. Uh, You're uh, humble at gmail.com. Humblehoward at gmail.com. Humble Howard. Oh, God. Howard Glassman, Golf Spiritual right, Leader. Okay. You know uh, what? what is your email? It's Tim. O it's O'ConnorGolf.ca is how you connect with yeah, Tim. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Tim at O'ConnorGolf.ca. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know your I know your website, and it's Humble and Fred yeah. Radio. Uh, we are live every morning on Twitch TV on Facebook Live. It's kind of cool this Facebook Live thing. I really like it. It's uh, people comment and they watch, and it's fun. And then the uh, show. Uh, we're on uh, uh, hiatus for the next couple of weeks, and then live shows starting February 24th. I'll be back on the air. Cool. All right. So uh, all the best to you. Give my best to Martz. Uh, that was awesome. I'm going to just uh, play our theme. Do you have anything else to add? I know you've got four more minutes oh, left. Give our friend, uh, give our friend Marty uh, uh, a, a pat in the back, a firm handshake, and maybe even a hug. Yeah, Marty's done well, man. Tour Striker, uh, they, the plane mate that I have, uh, they just sold out their second run of them, and I think they like 5,000 of them. It's just crazy. I know. I must... he's, he's, no, he, he, when you watch him give a, a le, you know, one of his video lessons, I just love the little, he kind of has this kind of cool mm -hmm. way. Like, I, I so no, would have hated him in high school. I would have just, yeah, hated he's a cool him guy. Yeah, he's got a great way about him, and uh, he's funny, and he's smart, and uh, he gets a lot out of his players. The only thing I'm curious is, if I go to the Tour Striker Golf School, am I supposed to bring my own plane mate, or do they have plane mates there? I'll have to ask him. Yeah, you send me a little email. I, I do, mean, yeah. yeah I've, been, uh, I've been texting with him on uh, Instagram. We've uh, been going back and forth, and he... Uh, He's, he's, it's going to be it's going to be weird I think too it's like going to school all day then going back to the house I don't know you know I'm awkward anyway like wh what do we do do we go to our room and just stay there until we're called for dinner I don't know <laughs> and anyway. are you expected to clean up after dinner I don't mind I like that we'd be like what, what about setting the table I'm happy to do any task that's asked of me chop onions are you good at that garlic uh, yeah I'm pretty good you know I'm not bad I can you, you're a good cook aren't you um, according to my son, I'm mediocre. Really? According to my wife, I'm good cook because when she comes home, dinner is going to be served within a half hour. Yeah. So, you know, I like yeah, that. So that, that's a, that's a pretty good circumstance for anyone. You come home, oh, I'm going to eat dinner now. <laughs> I'm not right. going to do anything. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> my dad, you're mediocre. Really? Why don't you just do it yourself then? Okay. <laughs> exactly. Corey, uh, listen, man. All the best to you, Tim O'Connor. Very lovely, Sean, and all the family. Uh, music's playing now. There we go. All right, Timmy, take care, my friend. Bye. Bye-bye. You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. In the meantime, 